Hello again. This is Series 13 of Satisfied. The Series 13 podcast enhanced the perspective Bible study covering the books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at the importance of going directly to the Bible to gain the biblical perspective about any issue of life. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 5 of the Perspective Bible Study. We'll gain the biblical perspective on suffering. In the last year of His ministry on earth, Jesus called the crowd to Him along with His disciples and issued a challenge. We find it in Mark chapter 8. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Later, Paul took that challenge and lived it out in his life. He gave up everything for Christ and chose to stay faithful to him no matter the cost. He had modeled this for the Thessalonians while living in their presence. In full view, he showed them how to handle persecution. But that didn't stop his concern for them while he was absent, especially because he was forcefully sent away from them by said persecution. Those who rejected the gospel were doing everything they could to keep others from hearing it and receiving it to be saved. It was a tough time for them all, Paul and his team, as well as the fledgling church in Thessalonica. Through the past 2,000 years, many Christians facing persecution have chosen to stay faithful to Jesus no matter the cost. But staying faithful no matter the cost requires endurance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul wrote these words, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. As we read through the book of Acts and many of Paul's letters, we see what happened to Paul over the years. Beatings, shipwrecks, being robbed, imprisoned, chased down, going hungry. How can he call those light and momentary troubles? Could you? Jesus said to his followers that we will have trouble in this world, all of us. It doesn't matter where you live or how much money you have or what kind of success you've gained. Some troubles like illness and natural disasters come from living in this fallen world and are common to everyone. Other troubles like persecution and rejection are related to being a child of God living in an unbelieving world. Then there are those we inflict upon ourselves because of sin present within us, our own bad choices, or the troubles that others inflict upon us because of their bad choices. Either way, we get stuck with the results. Any kind of suffering is painful. We don't need to pretend that it isn't painful. We can grieve over the losses or what is being denied to us that we desire. Jesus understands the pain we experience. Jesus wants to help us not only survive a lifetime of ups and downs, but also to thrive as we live through them. For that, you and I need to have something called endurance, something that Jesus had and that the Bible says is good for us. But endurance is only learned when there is a challenge to our comfort. And who likes that? The Bible teaches that endurance is required to live this life and stay faithful to God no matter what. You might have an idea about what endurance means. In our culture, we have endurance races and endurance tests. 
Endurance is a good word. But biblical endurance encompasses so much more. It is more related to the word perseverance, a word that Paul used in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. That's not a common word for us today. It used to be years ago. By definition, perseverance is holding to a course of action, a belief, or a purpose without giving way. Holding to without giving way. Staying faithful no matter what. That's the picture of biblical endurance. And biblical endurance has both purpose and reward. So let's learn a few truths that will illustrate the purpose and reward for endurance. These truths help us to stay faithful to Jesus no matter what. Truth number one, endurance is good for us. The Greek word translated endurance or perseverance in the Bible is a strong word that means bearing under. It's holding up a load with staying power and stick-to-itiveness. It's the tenacity to hold up under some long-term burden not just getting stuck in traffic. If we think of that as suffering, we are trivializing what the Bible teaches. Endurance carries the idea of whole life experience. The troubles that develop endurance aren't those of an afternoon. Biblical endurance is the quality that enables a person to stand on his or her feet when facing a storm head on. Endurance is good for us. It teaches us staying power for a long-term burden. Truth number two, endurance makes us stronger. Think about how we can prevent osteoporosis, a condition where bones have lost so much density they get holes in them, making them weak. Bones that look like Swiss cheese are not good for anyone, especially older women. But to have strong bones requires regular intake of vitamin D and calcium plus load-bearing exercise. Nutrition alone won't develop strong bones. Bone needs to be stressed to become stronger. Bible study alone won't develop endurance. Just like load-bearing exercise makes your bones stronger, troubles that challenge your faith do that too. Biblical endurance through suffering makes us stronger. Truth number three, endurance is necessary to grow up into maturity. Think about the process of human development. Teething, learning to walk and ride a bike, and adolescence are painful but necessary parts of developing into adulthood. The goal is to grow up into a fully functioning, responsible adult, right? What if my daddy never let me go away from home and experience challenges of personal decision-making? I couldn't grow up. What if my heavenly father never let me know any needs? I wouldn't know how to rely on him for real strength. But here in America, we don't necessarily desire endurance. We get sidetracked with our comforts and our rights. Without endurance, we become satisfied with immaturity. We have men and women refusing to grow up into maturity in the workplace, in the home, and in the church. That's what happens when we overprotect children from going through troubles so they don't develop endurance and maturity. They've got a huge hurdle to cross when it comes to following Christ. Believe it or not, good character is enhanced through tough challenges. In Romans chapter 5, Paul declared that any kind of suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character. Character is moral strength, integrity, and fortitude. 
Good character is enhanced through tough times as you endure and overcome them. God also uses suffering to humble and test you in order to know what's in your heart. That's from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, my husband's ministry verse. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul wrote that God is still testing hearts in and out of the wilderness. God did not leave the Thessalonians to their own resources. He provided strength to endure the trials and persecutions they were facing from their own townspeople. And this in turn produced spiritual and moral character recognizable by all. God strengthened them so that they were able to stand firm in the Lord in spite of the severe suffering. God's goal for us is to be mature and complete. Endurance is his tool to help us reach that goal, to grow up. Truth number four, endurance is necessary to reject corrupting influences. Being away from his spiritual children didn't stop Paul from being concerned about them and the corrupting influences that could ruin them. One of their Greek writers had said this, bad company corrupts good character. Paul quoted that universal truth in his letter to the Corinthians. To corrupt means to destroy the honesty of something, to contaminate something so as to render it useless. Think of how rust eats away at the strongest iron. Good character can be corrupted by bad influences. And the ones leading the charge against the Christians in Thessalonica were those who were once held in high esteem by the God-fearing Gentiles. They had worshiped God together at the local synagogue. It must have been confusing to the Thessalonians why the Jews who had the real God and the promises about the coming Messiah would not accept Jesus Christ as their long-awaited Savior. How do you recognize bad company? Paul gave us some good word pictures in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 19 and 20. These are some characteristics of corrupting influences. They enslave you to make you do what they want by their own rules. They exploit you by taking your things and making money or gain off of you. They take advantage of you. That means they know your weakness and use it to gain power over you, impressing you by outward show and clever talk. Corrupting influences push themselves forward, lording over you, even bullying you. They slap you in the face, meaning they are cruel, mean, and abusive. They are idle, ready to join any anti-authoritarian mob. Acts chapter 17 verse 5 describes such bad characters. These are people with nothing of purpose to do in life. They have no noble goals. The Greek philosopher Plato called them idlers. Apparently, such idlers were a problem for the church in Thessalonica. What should you do when you encounter people with those characteristics? The Bible says these are fools, and being friends with them is companionship with fools. Flee from them. Stay away from them. Get as far away as you can. You can live without them. You don't have to put up with them. That applies to us as women as well as to our children. What we listen to, watch, read can also be companionship with fools. We are emotional creatures, and our emotions often dictate our actions. Who do you let influence your emotions? It's easy to get caught up in the wrong causes. Check out Acts chapter 13, verse 50, and my podcast for lesson six of the Radical Acts Bible study. 
For believers who are idlers, God's admonition to them is right here in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. You'll see it in two of our lessons. God will give you the strength to reject corrupting influences and stand firm for Him. Endurance is necessary to do so. Truth number five. Endurance teaches us to depend on God more than on ourselves. Here's a popular saying that you've probably heard and likely seen on Facebook. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. True or false? Dear listener, this is a false teaching. It's bad. Why? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Paul was in the center of God's will, doing everything that God purposed for him to do. This is what he plainly and unashamedly stated. Listen carefully. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Did you catch it? They were under great pressure, far beyond their ability to endure. Paul used a Greek term that meant exceedingly, beyond our strength and power. Oh yeah, God gives us more than we can handle. On our own, that is. Listen to Paul's next words. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Going through troubles is God's will for us, for you, for me. He allows things in our lives to challenge us, but His motive is not to trip us up. His motive is not to make us fail. He wants to develop that endurance in us. And it's not so we don't need Him any longer, but that we would rely on Him more. What do we tend to rely upon? Usually it's our own inner strength, our life experiences, our skills and know-how, our own logic. Paul had tons of experience figuring out how to get out of a messy, painful situation. But after all those years of walking with and serving God, if God wanted Paul to rely on him rather than on his own figuring out, dear believer, you can definitely know that God wants you to rely on him more than on your own figuring out too whenever you have pain and trouble. It's a given. God gives you more than you can handle on your own so that you will learn to rely on Him more. What if you believe that God doesn't give you more than you can handle? Then something comes along that just wipes you out, that floors you, that takes every resource you have and the pain is still there. That kind of teaching leads to a sense of failure because you couldn't handle whatever God gave you. Ask anyone who has a lifelong debilitating injury or illness. Ask anyone who has a physically or mentally challenged child. Ask anyone who has seen one job loss after another. Don't add to their pain by making them feel like failures. God gives everyone, you and me and our neighbors, more than we can handle on our own in order to drive us to Him, to rely on Him to gain the confidence in Him so that we will depend on Him more. Endurance teaches us to depend on God more than on ourselves. Getting back to Paul's story, after he was forced to leave Thessalonica, Silas and Timothy stayed behind to keep the work going in the new church, and it spread widely. 
Paul later sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to encourage the believers and then to report back on the condition of the church there. Timothy's report gave Paul reason to praise God for the healthy state of the church. Suffering had strengthened them. Because they faced severe times and held firmly to Christ, they became a model of faith to their whole region. Their source of wisdom was the scriptures and their dependence was upon God. As we learn to endure suffering, God gives us staying power for a long-term burden, which will happen sometime in our lives. We get strong spiritual bones. We get mature faith that represents Christ well on this earth. We get wisdom to reject corrupting influences. We get the strength of the Lord on us as we depend upon Him more than on ourselves. And we get to love those who hear the gospel and believe in Jesus Christ because of our witness. We see that God is worthy of our trust. The beginning of Psalm 40 echoes this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Sing that new song from what you learn through any suffering. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with His perspective on life in the present and life in the future. Then live securely in Him during this time of waiting. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 13 of Satisfied.